I hear this over and over from music teachers and educators. There never seems to be enough time to get it all done. You know what it's like, right? Time to teach, time to plan, time to write, time to practice, time to be with your family, time to be a good friend, time to read, time to exercise, time to learn. We're always looking for new ways to be more productive, to get more done in the little time that we seem to have, and save time in places where, like money, we might be overspending. That's one of my favorite ways to think about time, like money. We all have the same number of hours in the day. It's how we spend them that makes the difference. Where and how do you want to spend your time? What's important to you? Once you can answer these questions, you'll be motivated to make it happen, to take control of how you're spending your time and look for ways to save it wherever you can. If you know me, you know I'm a saver more than I am a spender. I love finding ways to save money, creative energy, and yes, time. So today, I'm excited to share a few time-saving tips and strategies that I've learned in the hopes that it helps you save time this week. I'm Ashley Danu, and you're listening to Field Notes on Music Teaching and Learning. Writing field notes is a way of documenting and processing what we see in the world. This podcast is a collection of creative ideas, practical strategies, and thoughtful observations from the field of music teaching and learning. Here, you'll find creative and pedagogically sound teaching tips, fresh new approaches you can use in your teaching, and insight into a few tried and true systems and creative processes designed to help you do your best work. Let's get started. Number one, keep all your to-dos in one place. I'm generally a pen and paper kind of person, though I found that written to-do lists don't always work for me. Sometimes, and let me know if you can relate to this too, I want to write down things for next week or next month that are on my mind for whatever reason, but I don't want to see them sitting on my weekly to-do list because they're not for this week. I want a safe place to jot things down without the constant visual reminder. I've used a few web-based applications designed to keep track of to-dos, but ultimately they either converted to a paid model and I didn't want to pay just to keep track of my tasks, or they had too many bells and whistles like color coding and project sorting and reminders that just made it feel overly complicated. The point is to save time, remember? (laughs) Well, a few years ago, I discovered TickTick, a simple, easy-to-use, list-based approach to keeping track of tasks. Start by creating a few different lists, maybe one for teaching, one for home, etc., and then start typing in your tasks. Or you can use the voice text feature, which is a big time saver. You can also add tasks via email, which is great if you're the kind of person who sends yourself emails reminding you to do XYZ as you think of things. You can add deadlines to each task, you can set reminders, and you can work with the built-in Pomo timer, which helps you stay focused. One of my favorite features of TickTick is the ability to quickly assign and reassign tasks to specific days. So it basically lets you plan out your to-do lists in advance, but you can organize them by day or by week instead of having an overwhelming number of things on your list or lists 
at any given time. So you can kind of filter your view by these are the tasks that you've assigned to today. So you're only seeing today's tasks, or then you can see tomorrow's tasks, or you can see all your tasks for the week. Or if you're on the premium plan, you can see like five different calendar views I think they give you so that you can see your tasks organized in different ways. You can also set up recurring tasks. So you don't have to manually add the same things every week or every month. And of course, like the name implies, you still get the satisfaction of ticking things off your list when they're done. TickTick is free to use, but you can get access to a few more features on the premium plan, like I mentioned. I think it's like $28 for the entire year. And right now they're offering a 25% discount to students and educators. So I will include a link in the show notes so that you can check it out. Number two is track your time. Have you ever gotten to the end of the day and thought, where did the time go? Of course you have, right? Well, with Toggle, you'll know. Toggle, spelled T-O-G-G-L, is a time tracking tool that you can have running in the background all during the day. It's especially helpful for self-employed musicians and those who bill their work by the hour. But no matter what kind of work you do, it's a free and easy way to kind of audit your day and see exactly where you're spending your time. So if you're on your computer for a lot of the day, you can just keep it running in a browser window or you can have it on your phone to track your time when you're on the go. Another quick and easy thing to check is screen time on your phone. You can see this under the settings. But before you look this up, I recommend estimating how much time you think you spend on your phone, whether it's checking email or hopping on social media, and then look at the actual numbers. You might consider setting some screen time parameters or using an app like Moment to help you stay aware and use your time with intention. Number three, batch-related tasks. Batching is a process of grouping like tasks together and doing them at the same time. This is a great strategy for tackling small tasks like writing and responding to emails or depositing checks or filing receipts or filing music, running errands even, planning your rehearsals or lessons or classes, kind of batching those together so you're doing more than one at a time. I wrote a post a few years ago called The Secrets of Batching in Freelance Work, and I created a free batching worksheet that you can download and print off and use over and over again. It's in the resource library on my website. I'll link to that in the show notes so that you can download that. Along these same lines, setting up recurring automation in a variety of different forms is a huge time saver as well. And it just keeps you from having to think and remember to do some of these tasks that we need to do on a weekly or monthly basis or even every few months. So you can automate things like bank transfers, weekly or monthly email reminders, any email replies or filing you can have automated. You can use a tool like Zapier to connect different accounts that you have and automate certain tasks. It's basically like having a free virtual assistant, which is awesome. Number four, use social media with intention. This is a big one. We're all tempted to scroll without really stopping to read or even pay attention to what we're seeing. Can I confess something? For me, 
getting on social media sometimes is a way to get out of work. It's a way to escape from what I'm doing for a minute. So when I'm doing something hard, when I'm doing something that takes a lot of thought or mental energy and I'm tired, I find myself looking for an out, a break. But I've learned how distracting this can be during the workday and also how much time it wastes. Every time we pick up our phones and scroll through Facebook or Instagram or any other social media, we lose more than just the few minutes that we spend in the app. We also lose a few minutes afterward. Did you know? Every time we become distracted, for whatever reason, it takes an average of 15 or more minutes to regain complete focus. And that really adds up throughout the day if you are distracted a lot. So because of this, I leave my phone in the other room when I'm working. And honestly, this has made a big difference in my productivity. So set up some parameters that work for you. If you find your phone being a big distraction while you're trying to do other things, put it somewhere where you can't see it, you can't look at it, you can't easily grab it and look at something really quickly. Give yourself some designated time in your day to check in, to check messages, to scroll social media, whatever it is you want to do, you can see what's new, but just make sure that you have a clear end time in place. Number five, divide your workday into time blocks. Time blocking is a strategy that you can use to help you organize and structure your day. So start with today. What does your day look like? Are you teaching at all? Do you have any rehearsals or meetings or practice time scheduled? Do you have any appointments or phone calls? Block off those times on your calendar and then look at what's left. Maybe you have a two and a half hour block in the morning. Maybe you have an hour after lunch and then maybe you have an hour in the evening. What can you accomplish within these blocks of time? I found it helpful to start the day by tackling my inbox for maybe 20 to 30 minutes if I need that much time. And then I have a solid two and a half hours usually at least of uninterrupted time most days to work on a bigger, more in-depth project. So maybe that's writing a blog post or researching something or really digging deep into some kind of studio planning that I need to do. Something that's going to take a lot of time and energy and where I really want to kind of go deep and get into flow. Then after lunch, I usually have maybe an hour or an hour and a half, depending on the day, before I start teaching. So this is often a good time for smaller scale projects, maybe quick writing projects or batching small tasks. Knowing what blocks of time I have to work with and being intentional about the work that I do in those times has helped me focus more and be more productive. And the key is being intentional with the time that you have, knowing what those blocks of time are, and then being intentional with how you use it. Cal Newport said, don't schedule a hard task in a time of day where you typically lag, and don't schedule a big task in a small amount of time. Wishful thinking can't change the reality of your schedule. So true. If you want to learn more about time blocking, Toggle, which I mentioned a minute ago, put together a helpful guide all about it. So I will include a link to that in the show notes. I also wrote a more in-depth post on how I personally use time blocking to structure my workday. So I will link to that too, in case you're interested. Number six, designate time to send and respond to emails. 
I just wrote a post on this topic over on the Musician and Company blog. So this is something that I've been thinking about lately. How often do we check our email during the day? Do we really want to know the answer to that? I sometimes catch myself checking email just to see if there's anything new. Not because I need to send an email to someone or because I have any intention of replying to the messages that are sitting in my inbox in that moment, but it's just like with social media. I'm looking for a momentary escape from the work that I'm doing, and I just want to refresh and see if there's anything new. And this is when I know I need more email parameters in my workday. I shared a few tips in the blog post I mentioned, so I'll include a link to that full article in the show notes, but here's a quick tip for today or this week. Create time blocks, like we just talked about, where you check, write, and respond to any emails that have come in. You do all those things in one block of time. Turn it into a game and see how many emails you can knock out in the amount of time you've set. Maybe it's 15 minutes. Maybe it's 30 minutes, depending on how much email you get. Maybe it's only 5 or 10 minutes. Also, consider setting up some email templates to save you the time of typing out the same message over and over. You can do this with Gmail's canned responses and save them. I do this for my studio with email communication that I send to prospective students or new students and that I send out at different times of the year. One more tip, filing every email you receive into a specific subfolder may not be the best way to organize your messages. What? I know. I love organizing things. But when you think about it, the way that we normally look for an email is by searching, not navigating to a folder or subfolder and scrolling until we find what we're looking for. Food for thought, right? Fast Company wrote about this and some other helpful tips for email in their seven-step guide to achieving inbox zero and staying there. So look for the link to that in the show notes. Number seven, go into meetings with an agenda or outline. Meetings can take up a lot of time, and the obvious way to save time is to avoid unnecessary meetings, right? Can this be accomplished through email or by phone? If so, that's usually a more efficient way to work. But if a meeting is necessary, make sure that you spend some time planning and preparing in advance, especially if you are leading the meeting. Encourage those that are going to be attending to submit items for an agenda in advance so that way everybody's on the same page about the intention of the meeting and your time together. Write out an outline if you're the leader for how you'll spend your time. You can put an agenda together and avoid topics that are not relevant to all who are present. Save those for one-on-one conversations or emails. Number eight, make templates. This is a great time-saving tool. So you can create a set of templates for anything that you do on a recurring basis, whether it's writing rehearsal plans or lesson plans, emails that you send frequently, like I mentioned, I do this for my studio, newsletters, graphics that you might put together in Canva or something else, blog post templates, meeting agendas. Just save a blank version as a template file and then duplicate it each time that you need to create something. That way you are starting fresh each time. And this will help you avoid that issue of forgetting to replace or update old outdated text. If you're just duplicating the last file you used, it's sometimes easy to miss. I know this is a lot of information to pack into one short episode. So let's go through that list one more time. Number one, keep all your to-dos in one place. Number two, track your time. 
Number three, batch related tasks. Number four, use social media with intention. Number five, divide your workday into time blocks. Number six, designate time to send and respond to emails. Number seven, go into meetings with an agenda or outline. And number eight, make templates. What are your best time-saving tools and strategies? I'd love to hear your ideas. Thanks so much for listening today. For written notes, related links, and more information on today's topic, visit ashleydanu.com fieldnotes. You can find me on Instagram at ashleydanu. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you'd subscribe and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. This will help others discover this content in the future. Plus, I'd love to hear what you like about the show and if there's anything specific you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for tuning in today. See you next time. Thank you.